Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sales Velocity TV. I'm Andrew, that's Aaron, and we are talking about mental toughness today. And Aaron, as promised in the last episode, I'm chuckling here, the topic of mental toughness in a mentally untough world couldn't come at a better time, in my view. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about State of the Union, but I, you know, mental toughness is one of those things that I think is so underrated and, and we talk about it in my house all the time, you know, myself and my wife and I think our parents and our parents' parents have been talking about this topic. Every generation we feel like is getting softer, right? Our parents probably said it about there, us. Man. I don't think know. there's any argument there. Even from the softest of the soft, I think they would admit that if you look at when we grew up in the eighties and then the nineties and now we're in two thousand twenty one, it's like I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's things are too easy and people are too easily offended. And, you know, we're not talking toughness, by the way, today, everybody from like a tough guy standpoint, we're talking about it from just a mentally strong ability to persevere standpoint. A, a durability. A it's durability. A yeah. Standpoint, right? Because in, in, you know, we, you and Andrew, you and I talk about how, you know, business is a lot like sports, right? Yes, and you and I were big sports guys, right? You know, if you want to win in sports, if you want to excel, if you want to become, you know, really good at it, you have to, you have to manage and not just manage, but build and excel at your, you know, your personal strength attributes, your, you know, your endurance, your focus. You got to be able to learn. And I think this is a big one today. You got to learn how to be able to take losses with grace. Mm -hmm. Right. And put them in perspective and not just take those losses, but analyze them, diagnose them, learn from them and get back on the horse as quickly as possible, because the, the losses are actually where all the learning comes from. Right. And, and what I see and, and I know that you want to talk about this a little bit right now is what I see this right now in, in the state of the union is there's so many people focusing on the losses and the victim mentality, allowing themselves to get sucked into this vortex of, of, of victimhood that it, it, they're, they're, they're making it more challenging to climb back out of that, learn from those, those experiences and become stronger. They're not using the tool for what it is. They're not using the loss, you know, the, the personal offense, the step backwards, the whatever, because it's actually those things when you overcome them that create that mental strength that allows you to build and become more successful. So, you know, I'll, I, listen, I could talk listen, for an Aaron, hour on may, You know, sometimes the word toughness is off-putting for people, yes. right? We could call it mental strength, right, is really what we're, what we're talking about because the mentally strong – survive and thrive in business and in life. It isn't even just in business. You and I come from sports backgrounds. So we have a, a, a built-in by DNA mental toughness in us because you played, I mean, we played contact sports. You were a fighter. You almost made, you know, you almost made the MMA and the, I guess the lightweight division, right? You were like on the edge. I played football all the way up to the 1AA collegiate, NCAA collegiate level. So I mean, to get to, to get that far, in physical combat sports, I mean, naturally you're going to need to be mentally tough at some point or you're not going to make it. But that also goes to other sports that aren't contact sports as well because of the, oh, you know, the grueling no physical nature of the sport. A lot of it is mental. You have to, you know, to get past the physical, you're going to need to overcome a lot mentally, right? We know this. And that yeah. translates unbelievably, I've noticed, to business. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point because my wife used to say to me, I've never met such a bunch of babies <laughs> as fighters. Right. Really? And so I think when we, when we, when we look at somebody who's in the UFC, which is what I was trying to get into. And you look at those guys, you think, Oh my God, they're just, they're assassins. You know, they feel no pain. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're mentally tough guys. And I can tell you that like the very first pro fight I had in front of 2,500 people, 
I won it. Key point here, I won it. And then at the end of the night, I bawled for almost an hour straight because there was so much pent up emotion, like emotion, anxiety, stress, you know, knowing for two months you're going to walk in somewhere and their sole goal is to hurt you, you know, ideally embarrass you in front of everybody that you know. That's a lot of weight to carry. And it's similar, right? Like when we start businesses, you know, we tell everybody we've started this business. We put it out there publicly. You're, you're, and, you're, all, and you're all in. It's all you're you all do. In. It's all you think about, right? Right. And when and, and you're worried that if you fail, everybody's going to make fun of you or they're going to look at you as a as, as a failure or a loser. When the reality is, is, is if you want to be successful, and my friend Daniel Cormier, who, who won um, – both the, the the light heavyweight and the heavyweight championship of the UFC is now the commentator on Fox. Yep, yep. He used to have a slogan on all of his shirts that said, embrace the grind. And and his whole philosophy was, you know, if you embrace it, if you don't run from the failure, if you if you hit it head on constantly and you embrace it, maybe even learn to love it, the grind, eventually your outcome is guaranteed. Right. But I feel like when I'm looking at even my own kids, which I'm sure my parents said the same thing when they looked at me when I was young, is is we're veering away from hard things. Yes. Right. You have to learn to love hard things. You have to learn to embrace the grind or or embrace discomfort really is what it is. Right. Discomfort is another way to put it. Right. If you're always searching for um, the easy button. the easy button or you're thinking about when do I retire? The easy button, right? When do I get to buy the Lambo? Yeah. You know, if I don't get the Lambo in two months, you know, this isn't worth my time. You know, you, you are setting yourself up for failure. Whereas if you go into that like Spartan-esque philosophy, you know, we look back historically at the Spartans, they put themselves in the most uncomfortable positions as often as possible so that when they were actually were in a life and death situation, there was zero emotional attachment it, it, to it, it. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why, you know, those in the military that that are really, you know, really like when you think about the military, you think more like Army, Marines, guys like who who have to physically go through a certain element of training. You know, ground guys, first in guys. Yeah, I mean, I think all of the military, but I think those guys tend to be – that's a very physical component of the military. Sure. And then you take athletes that continue th- to go the distance. That physicalness of those two things, military athletes – like if you statistically ran this – I've seen some studies on it, but not many, not one recently. Those people, military athletes, when you transfer into life, business, entrepreneurship – employment, getting a job, like they just tend to be way more resilient, durable. Yeah. Way more resilient, durable, and they don't, when they, 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 they don't, they don't stay down when they get knocked down as well. So that's one of the reasons why for me as a parent and you as a parent, you have three kids, I have two kids. I'm always pushing my kids and, and I shouldn't even say pushing. I'm always suggesting that they're in some sort of physical exertion, physical team sport, working out, CrossFit, Spartan type stuff, because you want their bodies challenged physically because it's just miraculous how well it translates to the mental. It really is. I've never seen anything like it. It's one of the reasons why to this day at 47, geez, I'll be 48 in 2021. I'm still working out as hard as I ever have. And it's like, people are like, for who? Right? Like when you look at guys like us that have been doing it since 14, 15 years old, athletes too, you, you carry that habit with you into life where it's almost become part of your DNA. And that translates, the physical translates so well to the mental. And yeah. And, a lot, and you bring up a good point there because like people are like, why, right? Why do you still have a six pack? Why do you have 8% <laughs> body fat? Why do you, like, why, right? Of course it's because you want to look good. If you look good, you feel good and all those things we all know. But I think you're on the same page as me where I do it not to look good. I do it to keep my edge of consistently forcing myself to do uncomfortable things so that I have the reservoir mentally when something bad is going to happen. Because if you want to succeed in business, if you want to succeed in sales, if you want to succeed in anything, it is not a maybe. It is an inevitability. 
that you are going to face some seriously tough times. No, question. there are no, there's nobody I know in business. Nope. That just one day they got a, they got a degree, they opened a business, they put the open sign on the door and it was just a straight vertical climb all the way to the Lambos in the mansion. And they were like, thank you very much. Zero. I don't know a single, I don't know a nothing single person. But a, nothing but a Hollywood story right there, right? Nothing but a Hollywood story, right? And, and I'll take it a step further. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of people, they watch the show and they go, oh, these guys have got it all figured out. You know, you know, they're so lucky, blah, 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 blah. You know the story well, Andrew. Five years ago, I chased a dream too far down the rabbit hole. And I put myself in a really bad spot with one of my businesses where I didn't work. I didn't get paid for a year. I had to work for free. I had to pay off a bunch of loans. It took me really, really down into a dark place. And my, my mental strength of trying to, to grind that out over a two-year time span had taken its toll on me. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I went to go do my next thing, I didn't have it anymore. I didn't have that edge. And in order to be successful, I knew I needed to have that edge. And so I was asking myself, how do I, how do I build myself how do, back? How do you get it back, right? It's like how, how do you, you get, get your mojo back? back, right? Right, the mojo, right? Like everyone's like, what, what is that? What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the mojo, the motivation, the drive, the inspiration, the energy, the it factor, the excitement, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually took a full year off from being an entrepreneur. And I went and I worked at a gym, which I know a lot of people are like, what? Right? I got certified as a CrossFit instructor. I kind of ran this gym with my buddy. I was kind of an owner. We, you know, I guess that's slightly entrepreneurial, but that, I mean, that's just who I am at, at a core. But I taught classes. All I did was I taught classes and I worked out twice a day. And these were not your normal workouts. This wasn't like, you know, do some bicep curls and flex in the mirror. You know what those workouts are like. Every single one of those workouts, you see the white light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> where you're not sure if you're going to live or you're going to die. And all the way through the workout, you're like, I don't think I can complete this. I don't think I can complete this. I don't think I'm going to make it. And you just force yourself to push through those, those, those thoughts and, and those, those pains. And when you complete it, you get this massive endorphin rush. And it's almost like the foundation in the house where like you had no bricks and you put one brick, you know, in in that one workout. And then the next one, you put another brick and another brick and another brick. And what I found is that over the course of that year, all of the negative self-talk and all of the doubts and all of the self-loathing from my quote unquote failure, it dissipated away because compared to the hell that I was putting myself through on a daily basis physically, it just didn't mean that much anymore. It was like a resetting of the mental strength, you know, foundation. And as a result, I came out after that year mentally stronger than where I was before I started the previous business. And, and since that time, as you know, I've had exponentially better results than before that time, Mm -hmm. because I've made myself mentally stronger and more durable. And we're going to talk about a couple of those things on how you can do it in the show today. But I know you and I have you know, we're observing and we have a very large fear with our own kids, but with the country in general, in the apparent lack of mental strength right now, you know, it's, it's maybe you want to talk, it's sheer talk number. a little to it, that. It's, 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 you're putting it, you're putting it nicely. I mean, it's like, like sheer weakness now. I mean, like I, I'm not seeing lack of mental strength or lack of mental toughness. I'm seeing sheer weakness in a lot of, in a lot of areas from a leadership standpoint, from politics to certain business leaders, to the way certain school systems are run. Like you're seeing sheer weakness. Nobody's standing up for what they believe like they used to. No one really, I shouldn't say no one, many not taking a stance or many taking a stance because they're pressured to take a stance because of a political party or a belief system or funding getting held up. Like this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that, that I look into deeply and it's extremely concerning. You don't live in the U S I grew up in the U S you're from Canada. You're on the Cayman Islands now. So you're like, you're like kind of like on the outside looking in, right? Like you're, you're in a, in an interesting place that I think a lot of people might wish they were at at certain times because, you know, and COVID has basically the whole pandemic thing has really just, just intensified everything and put everybody on. Absolutely. It's poured a bunch of gas. It's, it's, rightfully so, right? You know, 
it's put people in a in a very you know tense situation. So it's made other things that maybe wouldn't get to people before getting to them now because naturally it's been a tough year. Everybody's sort of on edge for the most part. Businesses and families and lives have been adjusted for many, for most, and you know we're fortunately coming out of that right now with with with, with things opening back up in most parts of the world. But that's put people on edge, rightfully so. Right. We, we were headed there anyways, but COVID obviously intensified and, and put people on edge. But it's concerning because now I'm seeing it, you know, and this is a show on business. So we're going to translate this to business. The thing that concerns me the most, Aaron, is I'm seeing it so much now inside of big companies. I'm seeing the, the, the how they're being pressured and, you know, kind of stances that they would never take, even getting involved in things they would never get involved in before. All out of pressure, by the way. Right. I know I know CEOs of companies that are pressured into feeling a certain way or they won't get funding or they'll be exposed as anti whatever. this, anti that, whatever on on social media. They're actually operating more from a fear of loss than than, than, than they're 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 operating mainly from the standpoint of not wanting to lose versus playing to win. And I've rare that- and I've not seen that in a long time in business. I'm in business, you know. Working for myself as a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional since I'm 21, I'll be 48 this year. And just in 2020 and 2021, really now has the shift been where I'm seeing people legitimately operating from a not 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 wanting to lose versus a wanting to win standpoint. It's, it's yeah, painful. And, and you know, it's not everyone. It's not all companies. No, it's not but everyone, it's but it's, it's, it's becoming more prevalent. Yes. And, and it's not healthy because, you know, you and I talked about this before. If you live a snowflake life, you're going to have snowflake outcomes. Yep. Right? Nobody gets to walk on the field and make the team if they don't practice, if they don't take some some losses, if they don't know how to deal with yeah. losses, it's if they don't put themselves in, in tough situations. My wife, Liz, who you know well, wrote a book called How to Raise Great Kids in a Generation of Assholes. And Years ago, by the way. Years ago. More, and it's a great, more, more relevant great, today than then. It, it it may be more relevant and, and there's a whole chapter around the participation ribbon nonsense, yep. you know, that's, that's not helping our kids. It's no. not helping our society. It It's a short term way to make people feel good that long term undermines their success. Perfectly. Put, right? It's a bandaid. It's the bandaid, right? If you want to be successful, you have to learn how to embrace hard things. Hard things, hard challenges, hard decisions. And and if you do that long enough, things become easier. Mm-hmm. And it's not because the thing became easier. It's because you became more durable and resilient to the outside variables. Right. Yeah. It's kind of what, what's that saying that, you know, you know pain of pain of discipline versus the pain of regret. Right. So, so, so experience the pain now or experience regret later. I don't remember how it's put exactly, but it is, it is all about that is, is what sacrifices and what kind of discomfort I can endure now so I can live a more comfortable life later on. Right. That's yeah. There's so many great quotes about hard times, make hard men, yep. you know, leaders are fuel are, are forged in fire. You know, they're, they're just, there is no way around getting what you want in business or in life without learning how to embrace and learn from hard things and just accept that it's going to be part of your, your reality or, right, hang it up and go play the easier game. But don't play the easier game and then whine about why, you know, you didn't finish first, why you didn't make more money, why you weren't be able to take more vacations, why you, you couldn't get onto the stock exchange. What, whatever the thing is that you think is, is the cool trophy yep. at, at the end of the, of the road – Everybody has to pay the piper. Nobody gets there with the the easy button. I keep saying to my family, I'm still looking for the easy button. I don't remember that commercial. I think it was like it was Staples a Staples commercial. Stuff. The Staples commercial. The where they were button, like the red easy button. Just yep. push the easy button, right? Yep. I'm still looking for it. I can't find it. I, Let me tell you something, Aaron. This doesn't help the situation right here, right? The iPhone culture, the mobile device culture. So I'll tell you a funny story. Yesterday, I did a, um, there, it was Fathers and Education Day in the public school systems in Florida. So I volunteered to do, like the father would have to do like a Zoom presentation to the class. So my daughter's class, first grade class, 
bunch of six and seven year olds, 20 kids in the class, all live in the class. Thank God. Right. But I, I tried to get in there in person, but it had to be on Zoom. I was like, I was like itching to say, no, I want to do this in person. But of course, you know, guidelines right now wouldn't let me. It's insane. So I did yeah. it on Zoom and, and, and I did it on, it's funny, I did it on just this. I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but my presentation was on the importance of exercise and physical fitness as a part of life and starting it at a young age so that the body can function better, the mind functions better, they do better in school, they can play better. So all the reasons we talk about, and obviously at the end of the day, it's because we know that if there's an exercise or a physical fitness regimen at an early age, it's going to create a healthier child and a more resilient child and a more mentally tough child, right? And that was kind of the message. And the, and the, the, the funny part about it was, was like, you know, I was really trying to get the kids to not be on this as much, but be out there using their hands and their legs and their minds more, not their devices more, really. It was, that was the, the, the outcome of what I was talking about. So this really has, has, has been the crutch in all of it, in my view, is it's so easy to default to the device the device makes things easier. It creates lack of physical fitness, which creates lack of resiliency, and it all carries into life and into organizations. It's, 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 it's a downward spiral right now, and there's nothing we can do about it, but what you can do about it is be aware of it and catch it. Everything's about awareness, right? You can't change a lot what's going on, but you can be aware of it and you can pivot. I would actually take it a step further because it's one of the things that Liz talked about in her book is it's, it's difficult or challenging to create a routine around devices and stay on top of it because I have three kids, right? You have kids, right? When you've finished work and you're tired and whatever, I mean, a lot of times you don't even really want to talk to your kids. <laughs> you're like, I mean, let's be honest. There's you're certain like, nights where you're like, just not <sighs> right. Yeah. And so if they're off, you know, if they're facing a screen, you know, for seven hours in the back of your head, you know, they shouldn't be, but you're really like, man, I'm too tired to deal with that right now. It's again, it's about embracing difficult things. It's now on you to go and get them off and get them in a routine and get them, you know, experiencing things other than being stuck to there. And, and that's, that's now on you, yep. right? Yep. That's exactly. on you as a parent. And I know it's hard. I, I deal with the same things myself where I'm like, oh man, I like a, a Saturday and I look at the clock and I'm like, my kid has literally got up at 7 a.m. It's 2 p.m. And they've been on their computer their entire time. That is absolutely unacceptable. Totally. That's on me. That's right. Right. I got to embrace that yep. challenge yep. to go and deal with that situation, mm -hmm. even though maybe I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you, and I got to do it routinely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're up against a lot of, we're up against a lot today as parents that our parents were not up against. No. Right? From and, and the great standpoint. thing is, 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 is that we, as a species, we've never had an easier time to exist. Right. And I, the COVID thing aside, you know, take that, that anomaly out. Mm -hmm. If you look at the overall abundance, you know, employment, health, longevity, access to education, Science, all of these technology, things, there's the crime rate. Yeah. Like, look at the math. Don't listen to the media. Go look at actual math. There was Science a great book. Science math. About, Imagine that, right? Science yeah, right. That, I can't remember what the, the book was called. It was put out a couple of years ago. It might have been called like Abundance or something like that. And uh, it was yes. it, it was mathematically talking about By how Peter this. Peter Diamandis, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was talking about how this is the greatest time in history from health, wealth, longevity. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Now, the problem with that, I was just talking to one of our good friends right before this, um, Jeff Lerner. He was saying that when you start to f become overly fulfilled, the root word of that is full, right? So when you're full, what are you not? You're not hungry. Right. And because things have become so easy comparatively so accessible, accessible, especially in the United States yeah. over the last 20 years, yeah. Yeah. there's not a need like our family. Like the need was you got to go out in the field and you got to farm 14 hours a day or we're not eating. Right. So the need was built in, mm -hmm. but the need is not necessarily built in to the same degree anymore. So it has to you have to become self-motivated. You have to become mentally tough. You've got to become durable. You've got to, you have to be the driver because the environment is no longer the driver that it was 50 years ago. Right? So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the, the points that we wanted to talk about. The first thing that you have to define, right? 
is what mental toughness means to you, right? If you look at like the West Point Army cadets, mm-hmm. that means, you know, finishing. Sorry, I bumped my microphone. That means finishing an entire summer of, uh, of beast barracks, right? You might be like, I'm not doing an entire summer of beast barracks. I'm not a cadet. Okay, cool. I understand that, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't start with something else, right? For you, it might be going one month without missing a workout. Shit, it might mean starting a workout routine for some people. They don't even have one, right? It might mean going just one week without eating processed or packaged food, right? I know this is a big one for you, Andrew, right? I mean, talk about the, the amount of garbage that people are eating these days and how it affects their body chemistry and their mind. More, you know, how, more, more, more so not to get on a tangent, it's disrupting their entire hormone system, which is a absolutely different, different conversation. And we all know this is the truth. This isn't like, this but isn't everybody, like, it's one of those things that everybody just knows it. And they're like, yeah, I'll kind of get to it or I'll do it. And it's like, it's, I don't want to, yeah. right. I don't want to embrace the hard thing, but if uh-huh. you start to embrace these hard things yeah. one by one, the outcome is you become mentally tougher due to the sacrifice, you know, that you're making, right? It might be delivering your work ahead of schedule for two days in a row. It might be meditating every morning for a week, right? It could be grinding out one extra rep at the gym. It could be calling one friend to catch up every Saturday this month. I mean, we're not talking about just physical here. We're talking about getting into a, a rhythm of doing things that you know you should be doing even though it doesn't work with your life, your calendar, your schedule, right? It's about just saying, I'm going to do this for a week, a month, a year to prove to myself that I'm mentally strong enough to, to achieve. It yeah, to pull it off. To pull it's, it off. It's, it's doing something that takes you out of the comfort zone. It, listen, outside of fitness and physical, which I think is a big piece of it. We talk about it a lot. It could be the book. What if you made a commitment to read a book in print? During this week or during this month, you, you, you One have a, week goal for a, month. a commitment to read a book. You have a goal and a commitment maybe to, I don't know, only eat red meat once a week instead of five days a week. Like things that, that you know are going to be tough. The, it's almost like you play this little game with yourself. And that's yeah. what I think a lot of people do like us that are former athletes where we continue to play the game with ourselves. Like, can we still push it? Can we still test it? Can we still go there? Like, I'm still, I'm still pushing it and testing it at 47 and I'm enjoying the fact that I'm usually outperforming 37 year olds. Like for me, that's the game, right? Like what is it in, in cause a lot of people won't be able to relate to fitness or athletics or the military, like we talked about, and it might have to be something else. So in business and in sales, what is it that you can push yourself and the organization to do that's different and uncomfortable that might make people, you know, really kind of squirm a little bit, but the outcome could be a huge step up for the organization, right? Different way to present, different way to sell, maybe different way to get leads, maybe a different way to operate the business, right? I have, I have um, a group of clients right now that come in and meet with me once a month in our mastermind group, and they're all installing different, different processes into their business that the organization usually like resists at first, but it's two steps back to take four steps forward, right? They're doing operational things that are going to allow the business to grow and operate better. But in the meantime, it's going to piss people off and make them really uncomfortable. You see what, you see what we're doing here? So you can Absolutely. take this physical fitness thing and this, you know, this mindset thing we're talking about, and you can do it inside of the business. You can install different elements of the business that shake up the business, disrupt it in a way, right? Right. It's good to go in right. and disrupt things, make things really uncomfortable and awkward because you know that if you can persevere through it, the end result of that could be pretty powerful long-term. Right. I mean, what if you made a decision to call one former business associate per day for the next month to just catch up with them for 30 minutes? Right. When you, you go, oh, I don't Awkward, have the uncomfortable. I don't uh-huh. want to do it. But man, what if you like track that for three months and all of a sudden you made like 20 and 30 brand new networking type contacts that who knows where it leads to? That's yeah, the- I, I know exactly where it leads to because that's exactly what I did, Andrew. When I when when after I did the whole physical fitness thing yep. for a year, all I my only goal was to connect with fifty people in my network over the next thirty days, and I just popped on Zoom and just reached to out. See where to, it leads, right? 
just just to talk to them, see where say where they're at, see where their challenges are at, see if maybe there was an opportunity, and and I just called them to catch up, yeah. you know, and a whole uh, about fifty thousand dollars a month in revenue and opportunities came out of that one mentally challenging, uncomfortable that you thing. To do. Right? It would have just been easier to just sit there and wait for something to come to me, but no, I embraced it. And then once that happened, what happened? I put another brick in the foundation where my mind went, I could do that anytime I want. Mm -hmm. Right? So now confidence got built, energy got built, excitement got built, you know, and, and that's sort of number two that's on this. a really this. good example though. Like that one thing, that's a specific. I'll give you another one, right? So that's a really yeah. good specific. So another one that I, that you and I both together push clients and members and, and to do is, is go learn how to efficiently run ads on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Most people have never done it. They'd love to do it. They know that getting into big media and scaling media would be the next holy grail for the business, but they resist it so much. So get in there and learn how to run the ads. So then you can take yourself out of there and hire someone to run the ads, but you'd never be able to hire someone to run the ads if you never ran the ads yourself at first, because you wouldn't know what you're overseeing. Right? So there's a, an, another good example, another great example, which at least in this country, financially were a disaster physically were a disaster. We won't even talk physical. We talk too much about that. But financially, people are so unprepared for retirement and later stages in life. And it's because they didn't take the time to do the uncomfortable things early on, which was learning financial education, understanding how the money system works, understanding hard assets versus fiat assets. Like, like they didn't take the time to read the books and, 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 and look at the the options and, and meet with the advisors and do the stuff that's really kind of boring. And now what? A lot of people aren't prepared. They aren't ready. Right? So that's another example of how can I get in and dig in and do something that I know is going to suck that I'm not really interested in, but I want to hold myself accountable to it over the next 30, 60, 90 days, year or whatever it is. And so I can come out the back end with a whole different game plan and put myself in a position to prosper dramatically if I do it. I mean, those two examples alone, running ads and marketing and taking ownership of that, taking ownership of your own finances so you're not handing this stuff over to advisors and not having any idea what the hell is going on. I mean, those two things alone would have changed where we stand as a country financially at least, right? I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah, I mean, I think that average, I think it's 60% of, of Americans have less than $500 set aside for an emergency, which is terrifying. It's terrifying. Terrifying. So, right. So what do and, you do but, about that? But right? look at, and I, I was a, I was a, um, not a victim of it. I made the choice myself. I was an example of it where saving just was not my desire. I mean, saving a little bit every day, every you month. You found seems, a way for it to go out the back door. Oh, it just seems so boring. It's, uh, it's, it, you don't get that, 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 you know, rush of excitement of spending it on something else. It's mundane. It's a grind. Yeah. You got to be mentally tough to stick to that plan. Mm -hmm. But if you know if you, if you know anybody who's successful financially, the majority of the time it's not even what they make, it's what they save, right? They become mentally tough at sticking to that plan, that goal. And it just starts with doing it over and over and over again. And here's the thing. This is point two. Understand this. No matter what you start with, whatever challenge you put in front of yourself, whether it's I'm going to save a dollar a day for the next 30 days and set it aside and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to break from that pattern or I'm going to go work out five days a week for the next month and I'm for one hour a day and I'm not going to, I'm not going to break away from it. I'm going to make sure that our family has dinner at the dinner table together, no devices every day during That's the week. That's a great week, one, by the way. That's you know? a beauty. Right? Like whatever you ultimately decide to start putting as these challenges in front of yourself, Mental toughness is a muscle. That's really the only way I can describe well said, it. We no, talk a lot I mean. about the physical side creating that, but mental toughness is a muscle. Once you habitualize doing hard things, right, it becomes easier to do hard things. In fact, hard things actually become easy things, which then allows you to move up to the next level where things with even bigger reward become available to you because you're strengthened to be able to take those on where most people will, would crumble under the pressure. They would crumble under the expectations. Mm -hmm. And you, you like a Spartan, mentally 
are ready to take on that challenge. The more you can put your David Goggins is a great example of this. I don't know if you follow David Goggins, Andrew. Do you know who that is? No. Or uh, or do you know the Iron Cowboy, James? Right. So James, I'll talk about James instead of Goggins right now. But James, right? So James made a decision, the Iron Cowboy, about six or seven years ago. Now he was a triathlete. He made a decision that he was going to do a triathlon every day right? The marathon, the biking, and the running every day for 50 days straight in 50 different states. Wrap your mind around that for a second. The majority of the world will never run a marathon in their entire life. He was doing a triathlon, the marathon plus the whatever 100 mile bike ride plus the two and a half mile swim. Every single day for 50 days straight in 50 different states. When he crafted this idea, doctors told him, you will die. The human body is not capable of doing that. You will, you, will, you will die. And he had some serious challenges along the way, but he pulled it off. Right now, he basically set the, 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 the five-minute mile or whatever that initially was, you know, the, the, the benchmark, the four-minute mile, whatever that benchmark was. He's now set that in the triathlon world for himself. So right now he's in the middle of a new challenge. It's a hundred in a hundred days, a hundred. Overall, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I respect the mindset, but it's really not smart. I, I, the point yeah, is, just... you talk about his mental strength that he keeps building on is off the charts. David Goggins is another one. He's the only one who's ever gone through and qualified in the Navy SEALs training, in the Ranger training, uh, and in the Green Beret training. Damn. And, and if you if you follow Goggins, he's just a complete savage. He's got a book called Can't Hurt Me where he puts himself into these awful positions, 100-mile races through the desert, all these crazy things because the more he does that, the more mentally strong he becomes, the more durable he becomes. Everything in his life becomes easier, right? Those are two great examples. I think you hit the nail on the head though is, is when you deliberately put yourself into a – uncomfortable situation that's over and over again yeah and you keep doing it see now what happens later in life is you stop doing that you get older you get a little slower and we stop putting yeah we but 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 you got to fight it i mean if you don't fight the fight you don't fight the fight right so at the end of the day you got to fight the fight i mean i mean as you get older everything's going to start trailing off you can let it happen or you can fight it and continue to balance it out right so if you look at you from a physical standpoint you know our muscle mass is deteriorating by the year our, our brain capabilities are deteriorating by the year, right? So as a business owner, as a sales professional, if you just keep doing things the same way, you're probably going to get the same results and they're probably going to start trailing off. So how do, we, how, do we, how do you get yourself into constant, indifferent, uncomfortable situations in the business? Maybe it's hiring a coach or a consultant. Maybe it's going to the events that you know you need to go to, but you don't, you don't like being around people. You're not big on the networking, but maybe it's, putting yourself in situations to go to events. Give you a good example. I was called early on when I met you, around the time I met you, 2007-ish, to speak publicly at big events. I wasn't expecting it. I was called to do it. I was asked to do it. And I was like, man, that's like the thing I fear the most as a young guy. So I immediately got into Toastmasters and public speaking training. And I just kept putting myself into the most uncomfortable situations where I had to go learn how to stand in front of a room and speak so that when I got to bigger stages, I wasn't just showing up unprepared. And, And the training of public speaking, for example, which a lot of business owners go through, is really, really uncomfortable. We did one in New York City together called Speakeasy, which is a premier two-day public speaking program for professionals who are like coming out of sports or business and they're going into TV or speaking and they videotape you for two straight days. And it's one of like the most terrifying things. You're like, you realize- They review you and they break yeah, you like, down. I'm doing people. all that shit on video. I, I Like I'm moving that much. My hand. You don't realize the things you're doing or the verbal graffiti that you're using, the ums and the ahs and all this moving. People are everywhere with their words in their body. And what that training does is it grounds the body and it grounds the, the, the verbiage, right? Because the verbiage gets, you hear people, you know, ha, uh, um, ah, uh, ah, uh, you know, it's called verbal graffiti in speaking, right? And then their body is everywhere. 
So if you get the body right, the body language, and then you get the verbal language right, then you're an eloquent speaker, right? That is a really, really, really tough thing to go through. But man, the end result of being able to speak physically present in front of a room or on a Zoom like we're doing right now or on a show like we're doing right now and to communicate without all the verbal graffiti and to be able to have that cadence is one of the most important skills in business. It's communication and it's ultimately leadership. I've never seen a really good leader be a really bad communicator. Well, and I watched you go through that and I noticed three things instantly happened after you went through that three, when you put yourself through that challenging Mm -hmm. situation, you came out and you had more confidence, more opportunity, and as a result, more money. Good point. So because you chose to embrace hard things. Embrace the suck? Is that what they call Embrace it? the suck. <laughs> you know, that's what happened. There, there, there is no climb without actually embracing that grind. There, there, there is no better outcome that can be achieved, right? Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to talk about is when it comes to, to mental toughness is that and, and you're phenomenal at this, Andrew, probably better than I am at it, is mental toughness is about your habits, not your motivation, yeah. right? A lot of people think mental toughness is about motivation, but the problem is, is that motivation is fickle. It comes and it goes. Willpower comes and goes, right? Mental toughness, it, it, it's not about getting some like shot of courage or, or inspiration. It's about finding the daily habits that allow you to stick to a schedule and overcome challenges and distractions over and over and over and over and over again, right? Do hard things, right? That's it. It's, it's about being able to consistently do that. Mentally tough people don't have to be more talented or intelligent. They just have to be more consistent, right? They develop systems that help them focus on important stuff, regardless of how many obstacles life puts in front of them. It's their, it's their habits. That's the foundation of their mental beliefs that ultimately set them apart, right? So just to give people like real life example, like list through some of your habits right? Because when it's a habit, it's not up for negotiation. It just must be done that you've put in place in your life that have allowed you to build your mental toughness. Mm -hmm. So maybe share with the the watchers and the listeners, some of your habits. And I I can tell you some, if you can't even pull them off your head, because I know them because I know I might be oblivious to them, right? Unconscious of them. But I think you make a good point that I wanted to piggyback on. And that's the whole, that's the whole, um, regimen and system thing. Right. When you, when you operate and we're routine based as humans, we're routine based, right? Like we perform better. That's why kids do so well on a routine, right? When kids are off routine, they just, they suffer, right? Statistically, they need to be eating same a certain time, same path, but so do adults and adults get off the routines later in life. And that's the big lesson here is that if you have routines that you plug into, then you don't have to think about pushing yourself to do something you don't want to do because it becomes a habit. And and, and forming habits is really powerful. And a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, people today as a whole, they, they stop and start a lot. They do things, they stop, they get back on the track. They they never develop a habit and then they never develop the momentum that comes with the habit and they miss out on a lot of opportunity. And I think that's the big, big, big lesson today is to be mentally strong, mentally tough, resilient, you're going to need habits and systems to make things more automatic for you, or you're going to be in reaction mode all the time, stopping and starting and literally killing your momentum with anything physical, professional, financial, you'll kill your momentum. And that's that, at the end of the day, if we, if we, if we interrupt momentum, pretty much nothing good can happen. Right. And, and I want to give some people some real life examples. Cause I know you're <laughs> like, Oh man, you're did like, I, did I dodge that question? You hundred percent dodged it. <laughs> But you I think know that you. was by design. I kind of knew what I was doing. I, I, I knew you were trying to, but I wasn't going to let you off. I knew you wouldn't love nobody. Yeah, I can't get past you. Right. So number one, you do something that I don't, which I think is incredible. How many times do you go an entire day without meeting meat, eating meat per week? How many, how many times what? How many days per week do you go? I can't remember the number without eating any meat. Cause I know you have at least one day a week where you don't eat any meat. I, at all. I like to try to go a couple days a week where I don't have any animal meat, including fish. So it would be all vegetarian based protein shakes, nuts, seeds. I try to do that 
vegetarian slash vegan day like two days a week. That's that's right. my goal. But I which most people would be like, I don't want to do that. Even the one day would kill most people because they're you, you do run out of options and it's tough. Right. But the it's a fun challenge is, though, and you feel good the about key it. The point is it's tough. Yeah. And you've been doing that for a very long time because you've read the science about how that's beneficial for you. Do you do any intermittent fasting? Yeah. Yeah. I probably, probably not as much as I'd like because I require so much food and calories with the intensity of the workout that I'm in right now. But ideally I probably eat during about a 10 hour window and not during about a 14 hour window. So that's a, that's a form of intermittent fasting. Um, and then there's certain days where I'll do like an 18 to 20 hour fast, just coffee, right. things like that. And most people that would that's, be, that would be extremely challenging for them, but that's a habit be. you've built over time. I do the same thing. I, I, I go, um, 14 hours, mm-hmm. uh, between no eating. Yeah. Because I've seen all the, 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 the benefits are astronomical on, on, um, what's called, um, I'm drawing a blank on the, on what it's called. It's, I mean, it's really just, it's just timed eating. It's fasting right. windows. Right. And I'm on, and and there's another, so how many, how many workouts a week do you do that's non-negotiable for you? Well, my routine is every other day that's non-negotiable. And then sometimes on the, so I I give myself a buffer. I'm pretty good with this because I've been doing it for so long. So every other day on my strength training workout is non-negotiable, but the negotiables are in the middle. If I want to squeeze in a little cardio or a little yoga in between, I have leverage to maybe if I don't feel great one day, I'll skip it and maybe do it that next off day. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with myself. I think people where they make the mistake is they train anyways all the time and they'll train through signals that maybe say you shouldn't train, right? And I think you got to be smart too. And there's a lot of people that are not smart about this. You have to be really smart about this. So I have negotiables, but I'm not going to say I need, I'm going to train seven days a week, no matter what. No, actually I'm not because I don't want to get sick. I don't want to, if I'm not feeling it and I have all the things that track my health, I have my aura ring, I'm tracking hormone levels, I'm tracking blood. Like I pretty much know if something's coming on, I'm not going to do some grueling routine and then destroy my immune system and, you know, be a magnet to a virus or any virus, right? I know how to, I know how to channel all that. Right. But, but the, the, every other day is non-negotiable for you. That's a thing that most people, again, that would be challenging for them. That would be, they'd have to become more mentally tough to stick that. I also know, I think you check your blood, you do a full blood panel every six months, right? Three times a year, even more. Three times a year. Yeah. Okay. Most people don't do it one time. Those are full metabolic panels that, that look at everything from hormones to to cholesterol levels, to inflammation levels. I mean, your metabolic panel is going to tell you where you stand. And frankly, (laughs) I mean, it's going to tell you if you need pharmaceuticals or not, if you need vaccines or not. I mean, that stuff is, is for people who, who don't know where they stand. You may be a candidate for a pharmaceutical. You may not be based on metabolic panels, which a lot of people don't know about. Right. And you do those every three months, which again, people are like, Oh my God, where would you get the time? You got to go to the doctor. You got to evaluate it. You got to, yeah, it's not easy, but we're talking about high levels of performance, Mm -hmm. right? Where we're, you know, even from a work standpoint, I know you work X amount of hours a day and you take the weekends off. You are very militant in your structure that most people would not be willing to take that on. Like for me, you know, an example is I sleep nine hours a night, every single night. You know that you we think did a whole crazy. episode on that, didn't we? That was funny. Yeah. Like, are you I'm still really bed. at the nine hours a night or are you, or are you like sometimes at nine hours a night? No, I'm nine hours every single night without question, because I know how my body operates. Right. But then That's I get a, up and see I'm, that right there is a very impressive discipline too. That's a tough one. Cause people have a hard time shutting down at night and, and just turning it off. That's got it. That yeah, probably took they, a long time of going through that discomfort for you, right? It did because I got to turn my, I got to turn all screens off at a certain time. I can't let myself get sucked back into work. Yeah, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't put things in my schedule first thing in the morning that would disrupt me getting up early. I know that, that I'm optimized in that. And everyone's like, I wish I could sleep nine hours a night. You can sleep nine hours a night. You have to, you have to be structured yeah, and habitual. you really have to systemize that like we're talking about. Right. You have to put that in place, right? Yep. I, I work out every Saturday morning in addition to my weekly workouts because I feel good about myself. I feel good about the environment that I'm around, which means I can't go out and get all loose on a Friday night, you know, like most people do because the workout's that, at 8 a.m., yeah. right? It's a so I'm making this, right? It's a non-negotiable. I'm making the sacrifice for what I want to accomplish. It's 
But you don't have the key thing, and I wanna leave this with, with people today because we're closing in at the top of the hour. Right? When you hear all these things, the, the human response is to say, I could never do that. I could never do all that. I, that's, that oh, good God, it, no way. That's too much stuff. It doesn't work in my life, blah, 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 blah. Start with one thing. Yeah. Start with one thing. You know, if you're a soda drinker, switch to LaCroix for a week. You know, take the, take the thousand calories and, and 10 pounds of sugar out for one week. My See God, how you no, feel. Oh, Jesus. Amazing that that would even be a negotiable, right? It, it's, it's, it's insane, you know, how, how prevalent that one is, right? Go, go for a one hour walk. If you're not athletic and you're like, I could never go in the gym. I'm totally out of shape. Blah, blah. Cool, man. Start with one hour movement a day of just moving movement. That's non-negotiable. Maybe it's first thing in the morning when you wake up, maybe it's at night, right? How about how about this one? I mean, Andrew, I know this one threw you off big time when I first told you I started doing it. At five o'clock, all notifications go off on my phone. You can't Skype me, you can't text me, you can't WhatsApp me, you can't email notification. You can't I, do it. I can though, right? My stuff. No, you cannot. Through, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't I have the back door? I mean, I thought I, I won't see it. Oh, you know, man. so it must you know, be. but that that took me a long time to break that habit. But I found that it was not optimal for performance and my addiction to my notifications was a problem. Mm. And I think right? that's a lot of people. This is probably a good one that's absolutely going to weaken you. You're right. That's a big one. Is, it was an is, addiction. Is being accessible all the time is without question a weakness. We're talking about mental toughness. This is the exact opposite of it. The greatest weaknesses I see today is just unlimited accessibility. You need to shut down and be, you know, be unaccessible at certain points throughout the day as a business owner. You're not going to get any real work done. As a sales no. professional, you're not going to be engaged. As a business owner, you're not going to be able to do the things that require your undivided attention, like building new marketing campaigns, going out and speaking going out and promoting the business, running the ad campaigns. You won't be able to do that if you're constantly pulled from Skype to Slack to text message to email to social media because you're in stop and start mode. So really, I think the big thing from a productivity standpoint, I know we've talked a lot about physical. And by the way, if there's no physical regimen in your life, you're going to have a very hard time going the distance with enough energy and stamina to do anything. We could go do a whole, a whole episode on that. But I think it's obvious where we stand on the, the how important physical is to get to the mental, but yep. really this one right here, figuring out a way to shut down and it's tough to do, like you said at 5 PM and maybe having certain blocks of your day, two hours here, an hour here, three hours here where you, where nobody can get to you and, and you're all in on the project or the task at hand. And that's it's funny that you just said that because I, I, I want, maybe I'll end with one more thing. Your the part of making yourself mental, mentally tough is setting out your initiative, but when you fall off of it, which we all do, it's getting back onto it, mm. right? A lot of people, when they start something and they're doing well for a while and they fall off, they feel like they've, they've failed, so they run away from it, right? Nope, you haven't failed until you quit. True. Right? So... The last two weeks, I found my schedule get all blown to hell. I think you and I were talking about it the other day. There was like we Wednesday. We vented about this in episode 24. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I had 11 Zoom calls scheduled on Wednesday. Who has 11 Zoom calls scheduled? This is, is, is stupid, right? Rather than, rather than succumb to it and be like, oh, this is just the way things are. Next week, I got up and I blocked out 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. in perpetuity on my calendar. And all it says is, Workout and big rocks. Time for you. Nobody's going to get to me in that window for the foreseeable future because I want to work out. I want to come back when I'm clean and I'm, and I'm ready and I want to work on the big rocks in my business before I get pulled into the emails, the Zooms, the Skypes, so whatever. I'm, I'm commanding that this is my time. But I did that four other times this year. You mean you fell off that wagon but got back I on? I fell off that wagon four times. It's not about it's not about failure. It's about constantly evaluating, resetting, and putting yourself back in the game because there will be things that take you off off of your 
perch, right? That's what Vince Lombardi said back in the day. It's not how many times you fall. It's how many times you get back up. Right. That's great, part great, of great Vince toughness. Lombardi saying. And it's exactly what you said. And I, by the way, I think that's a great point to leave on is that morning time. You talked about this a few episodes ago, the morning routine. The yep. best thing that anybody can do, business owner, entrepreneur, corporate professional, is carve out some time in the morning where you make you strong physically and yep. mentally because it will set the tone for the whole day, the whole week, the whole month, eventually the whole year. But very few do it. They hop right into reactive mode. They jump out of bed at the last minute and they're just, they're pulled in six or seven different directions and they're stressed and frantic as a result. I'm the same way. I make sure I lock in a couple hours in the morning for, for, for physical and mental and then I'm ready for the day. And I can go way longer in the day and I can go way deeper and I can stay alert way longer, but not if I didn't take care of me first and make myself physically and mentally strong first in the morning. No way. And most people aren't doing it. So they're actually relatively weak later in the day because they're just drained. Yeah. They're drained because they haven't taken care of themselves first. And we're talking about mental toughness and, and resilience here. They don't have the resiliency to go the distance. And at the end of the day, this is all about energy. And if you don't have the energy to get through a day, a week, a month, you're on borrowed time. So you got to take care of yourself first, physically and mentally, so that you have the toughness to go the distance. And if you can't go the distance, then that's, that's a problem, right? I, I know a lot of people that are, that are in their fifties and they're like out of gas and they have a lot, a lot more to go, but, oh, they, man, haven't, I at- but they haven't <laughs> taken care of themselves along the way. So they, they don't have the mental toughness or the resilience to go the distance. And it's, it's concerning. And but here's the thing. Happens to if, a lot if, of you're, if you're in that position, it's not too late. Never too late. It's never too late. Never you just late. you got to take that first step, set that first expectation, that cert, that first standard, that first challenge, and one step at a time, and you'll start building those bricks back up in your foundation. So if you're listening to us going, man, I wish I could be that way, but I've just let it slide too far. No, 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 no. It's about that one step. That is a story you're telling yourself to let yourself off the hook. That's dangerous too. Yep. Dangerous just too. Just start. Don't let yourself off the hook. I mean, again, this translates to business. This translates to selling. Obviously, it's a show on selling and business. But it's interesting to me how much has to happen outside of the business to make you effective in the business. And much of that stems from physical and mental. And very few own those buckets. And they wonder why they struggle a lot in business and in selling and in business ownership or entrepreneurship is they're just not taking good enough care of themselves mentally and physically. They're letting everybody get to them. They're all over the place and they're just not effective. So this is all about being effective, right? Effective in selling, effective in business. And there's a lot you're going to have to do outside the business with yourself to become more effective in the business. And the, the elite know this, like the elite CEOs know this, the elite athletes know this, the elite entertainers know this, right? We've talked in the past about the icons out there, you know, the Jedi's, the Jedi's in the night. They never like, seem to age. Like Tom Cruise still rocking you know, 40 years of movies. Tony Robbins in his 60s still doing 10,000 person events. Tom Brady winning a seventh Super Bowl at 44. I mean, like that stuff is like if you study those guys, and I do. I mean, I like to study people who've gone the distance now and then, not just now. And you look at these icons, you will see that. Everything we're talking about here today, they have routines and regimens for. They're, 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 they're routine and regimented people. They're not just kind of fly-by-night people or they wouldn't be where they are. So if you struggle in business and selling and life and fit, whatever, it doesn't make a difference. Most likely, you're in stop-and-go mode. You don't have systems. You don't have regimens. You don't have routines. You let yourself off the hook too much. And really, all of it is weakness. And it's not an insult to you. Don't take it personal. It's weakness because you haven't taken the time to draw a line in the sand to make yourself strong. I'm going to leave it with this quote. If you don't have a plan, the world will have a plan for you and you probably won't like the outcome. Can't argue with that. Or as the saying goes, if you plan to fail, you fail to plan. So really planning is everything and getting a handle on this is, is, is as important as it gets. And I know we veered off a little bit today off topic. We'll be back next week with more specific, you know, selling and marketing strategies, but this is a, an important one because all of this, brings it back into the day-to-day operations. What you do out there determines how well you do in here. Agreed. Where can people hear more of our shows? 
SalesVelocityTV.com takes you to our, our webpage where you can see all past episodes. You can download the podcast, the radio version of Sales Velocity TV on uh, Amazon, Stitcher, Podfly, or, or Spotify, um, Google, Apple, all the different devices. So good stuff. People like to listen on the go, do it. Join us live always in the Sales Velocity TV Facebook group. We're live uh, every single Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern or catch us inside the audio version. That's Aaron. I'm Andrew. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.